Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 3 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. Once again, I'm your host, Joe Cleary, fresh off my time at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, where I got to reconnect and meet a lot of members of the coaching community, including some from our great state of Nebraska. We have a great episode for you this week. First up, we have a nice recruiting roundup with signings and commitments to talk about. After that, I have an interview with Iowa Western Community College men's soccer assistant coach, Cesar Herrera. We talk about their national championship run, recruiting in the Omaha Council Bluffs area, and why more student-athletes should consider the junior college route. Let's get to it. Before the interview and the recruiting roundup, I want to give a shout out and a sincere thank you to the latest patron of Nebraska Soccer Talk. Thank you, Alan Chaffee, for your support and patronage. I'm looking forward to seeing Alan's daughter, Kira, back on the field for her Blair and GEA team soon, as she is in the last stages of her recovery from a knee injury. If you want to be a supporter of Nebraska Soccer Talk, you can visit www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk or follow the link in the podcast notes. The Recruiting Roundup is sponsored by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the leading experts on college soccer recruiting in the United States. As the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting consultancy, SRUSA has been helping place student-athletes in colleges and universities across America since 2010. The first signing we have to announce is Margaret Madden joining Division II Northwest Missouri State Women's Soccer. Margaret is a multi-sport athlete for Papillion La Vista South, and she plays her club soccer for Roja in Omaha. She joins a resurgent program in Northwest Missouri State. The Bearcats finished last season at 13-7-1 and qualified for the NCAA tournament out of the very strong MIAA conference. Next up, we have Columbus SCOTUS's Liz Adamy signing with NJCAA Division II Northeast Community College. Liz appeared in 15 games last spring for the Shamrocks as they finished 13-4 in the regular season, earning another berth to the state tournament. Liz joins a Northeast program that has turned into one of the country's best at the NJCAA Division II level, going to the last two national tournaments and being a top team in their district and region over the last several years. Benedictine College keeps collecting area players. This time, it's Gretna Elite Academies and Gretna's Joey Witt heading south to Atchison. Joey is a midfielder for Gretna and GEA ECNL's programs. He helped lead Gretna to a 16-4 record last spring and a state tournament berth. Joey becomes the third player in as many weeks to announce his intention to join NAIA Benedictine College. Next up, Layla Vasquez has decided to stay close to home with her commitment to Bellevue University. Layla competes for Bellevue East High School and plays her club soccer for Evolution in the Omaha metro area. Layla is a crafty, hardworking player who appeared in every game for Bellevue East last spring. She averaged 66 minutes a game and notched seven goals and five assists. She joins a Bellevue University program coming off a national tournament appearance this last fall. Going back to the junior college game, we have Omaha South's Rufe Eno committing his future to Central Community College. Rufe is coming off a solid spring with Omaha South. I will say he is an electric player to watch on the field with a great combination of pace and skill. He appeared in 18 games for the Packers, notching seven goals and one assist. And while he was at times overshadowed by some of his other teammates, Rufe will be a great addition to the Raiders squad. 
Central Community College had a winning season at 9-7-2 before falling in the regional semifinals. CCC has become a popular landing spot for some Nebraska players, including a few of Rufe's former Omaha South teammates. Back to the girls' side of things, as Alyssa Frankie committed her future to the College of St. Mary. Frankie plays high school soccer for Millard West High School, where last season she helped lead a young Wildcat squad to an 8-8 record. She appeared in every game for the Wildcats, notching three assists to go along with her defensive efforts. Alyssa also plays club soccer for State Cup champion Omaha United's O3s. Frankie joins a College of St. Mary squad who is going to look to take that next step this season after narrowly missing out on the GPAC playoffs this last fall. The next announcement we have is Skylar Smaby moving north to join GPAC's Morningside in Sioux City. Skylar, who competes for Bellevue East and Gretna Elite Academy's NPL program, joins a Morningside squad who is a consistent contender in the GPAC and finished 12-7 this past season. Bellevue East did have a tough season last spring, finishing 114-1, and as a goalkeeper, Skylar notched 152 saves. The next commitment is the one that made waves through the community this weekend. Edwin Cisneros, out of Omaha South, committed to NJCAA Division I National Champions, Iowa Western Community College. Cisneros is a highly decorated player out of Omaha South, and he plays his club soccer for Sporting Nebraska. Cisneros is this state's reigning Gatorade Player of the Year. He notched 10 goals and 11 assists last year en route to South State Championship, and they're ranking as one of the best spring high school teams in the country. Edwin will have the chance to reconnect with Omaha South teammates Kevin Besseril and Wawa Palga at IWCC. Last but certainly not least, Hannah Dowdy announced her commitment to Division I Western Illinois. Dowdy competes for Lewis Central in Council Bluffs and Gretna Elite Academy's ECNL program. Dowdy helped lead Lewis Central to the state tournament again last season and will be a good dynamic addition to the organized style of play that Western Illinois brings to the Summit League. Dowdy was one of the last of her club teammates to find a place to play, but her patience has paid off as she finds a great landing spot at WIU. That was this week's recruiting roundup. A big congratulations to Hannah, Edwin, Alyssa, Skylar, Rufe, Layla, Joey, Liz, and Margaret. Before our interview with Cesar Herrera from Iowa Western, let's hear a word about one of our sponsors. All right, and today we are bringing on Cesar Herrera, the assistant coach from the national championship team, Iowa Western Community College. Cesar, thanks for joining me. I, you and I see each other at our, our, our real job, so it's kind of cool to connect uh, outside of the workplace. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Joe, for having me. I'm really excited. And yeah, it was kind of funny how we just connected when we we're ha- helping a student register for class. So that was, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, busy first week for both of us trying to get uh, the athletes registered, trying to get our internet, the international players into the country and started with school. Um, but Iowa Western coming off, honestly, uh, an incredible 2021 calendar year. So in the spring, um, they go on make it to the final, unfortunately lose after a great regular season, come back in the fall, obviously super motivated, go on and win the whole thing. Caesar, what was, what was, what was, what's this last year been like for the program? It's been everything that coach Mike and his staff has worked for his three years here as a head coach. It was, I joined in March and got 
throwing straight in, and it was just crazy. You know, it was crazy making it all the way to the final, losing, which I think if everybody watches the game, probably should have lost. Unlucky. That's a, that's a final. You yeah. know, you, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you get unlucky. The guys come back, and you just see something different in all the returners' eyes. I remember Mike and I, after the final, saying, now nah, we'll be back. Yeah, you know, we had a moment when we were – we just saw Salt Lake celebrating, so we both said we'll be back. And it's funny. He told me a story. He's like, I've never seen you upset and pissed off, so I could tell that you wanted to be back here and it just made me excited. So we got came back. We raised the level. And, you know, it was just the guys bought in from day one. We had a really close close group. Um, we had a close group in the, in the spring, but the fall, that just took another step. The year stepped up. And, yeah, it was it was crazy to get make it back and then winning it you know, less than a year apart. Yeah. So it was just something completely different because it's the first time that's ever happened. That's, you know, in one calendar year, there was two national, two different national champions, champions for the same level. Yeah. And talk about that. So I went to a couple, I went to a couple games this fall and even after wins that were handily, you, you know, you dominated the game. There was just a different, the guys just carried themselves different. They just looked yeah. way more, they looked like focused, like so intense. Even after wins, it was just like, yep, on to the next one. Yeah, I think it big part of that is just all summer. Cause when the national final in the spring was in in early early June, I think. Early, Ju- early June, yeah. Early June. And then the guys report for camp in late July. So they had eight weeks of just being back home and not being on campus. So they came back a little tired, so we had to manage that. But even then, they just were all excited to be back. They were all excited to, you know, be here in the in the, in the team. And one thing we talked about a lot over summer is how do you react to things? How do you – you're in the moment, but you always got to think about what's next, what's next step. And it was always after the game, when the guys pulled down, they said, you know, okay, we won this game. doesn't matter. We got to win the next one. And then it doesn't matter. We got to win the next one. And it doesn't matter. We got to win the next one. They were always – they knew what our ultimate goal was, was to win the national championship. So whatever test they got thrown in front of them, they took it and they said, okay, move on. They, this group was battle tested last year in the spring, just with COVID, with making it to the final, losing the final, just all the stuff that just went through in the spring, got them ready for the fall. And the fall just went by so quick. And, you know, we were nationals and there we just kind of stepped put ourselves and print ourselves into just making it to the final and just it helped losing against Iowa Lakes I think to motivate the guys that's what that's what I was gonna ask I was gonna say because you you ran the table throughout the whole year and then you get to the was it the district final or I always get those mixed up the district or the district championship and losing overtime to Iowa Lakes you know somewhat of a rival just because two Iowa teams you know yeah I mean, that was the ninth time we played in a calendar year. <laughs> that's so like crazy. Playing, playing a team nine times and <laughs> only losing once. I mean, that's, you know, fair enough. Uh, it, it's That game sucked because, one, obviously you want to win, but two is uh, Hawk, Utish played in that game. A uh, guy who has the greatest story that you, you could probably ever hear from a college kid from a small town in Wisconsin. If you guys don't know who he is, I definitely – recommend reaching out to him and telling the story i'll tell a quick version of it but he came in seven string keeper work his way up just grinded every day and then he ended up being the number two coming into the spring 
Utah had an injury, um, you know, couldn't play. So he stepped, he stepped up, had a good game, made some big saves. It's just at that. So I think the most, everybody was angry that we lost, but they were most upset about Hawk because he took, he, we felt like he took blame when he did. It wasn't his fault. You know, it was just unlucky. They got a breakaway. We lost in golden goal. That's it. You know, it's kind of just how, how soccer is and, just how quick a game can be. But, you know, I just want to give a shout out to him because he's one of the best people and best athletes I've ever worked with. For sure. Well, and it goes into that. Cause like, that's not maybe, a, that's definitely not a name that like I knew about as much and it's definitely not a name our listeners knew about as much, but that's what makes championship teams is, is everyone who's a piece of it. And you went on to, you know, go into the, the national championship. You, you put up six goals against Coffeeville and then locked it down defensively. 1-0 against Laramie County Community College, which is always a, 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 a strong team. 1-0 against Tyler Junior College, which is always a strong team. And then 2-0 against Arizona Western College in the final. What was it like? Who scored the second goal in the final? I just remember watching it and watching the celebration. It was kind of like the – it kind of sealed it. It was kind of like that breathing. Yeah. Room. What did that – who was, was like, the goal scorer? And what was that – what that? What did that feel like when that goal went in? It was Ibrahim Conde, you know, assist off uh, Eduardo Negunicente. Um, we, uh, if I remember correctly, we won the ball back and kind of break, broke through Edo, and Edo unselfishly squared it to Ibra for him just to touch and finish. And, yeah, the guy just celebrated. I think as a staff, obviously you don't take a deep breath. I think we were all at 10 during that game just because <laughs> yeah. of the final. But the guys were like, okay, we usually don't give up leads, so we felt pretty confident in those last – I think scored in the 71st minute. So about, you know, 19 minutes, I think around there could be, could have been later. I can't really remember. Uh, but after that, it was kind of like, all right, we know what to do. Let's close it down. Let's, let's bring the title back to council bluffs. Yeah. And you did. And and it was one of, one of several titles that came back. Uh, for those who don't know, Iowa Western community college was uh, championship central with the volleyball team and the soccer team bringing fall championships home and then the football team making it to the championship game and then cross country doing really well. So it was just athletic success after athletic success at uh, Iowa Western. Um, we talked kind of about how, about how important the team is, the program is, it's, it's a group effort. Uh, you carry a varsity and a JV team, a huge, a, kind of a big roster. Talk about the pros of that. Cause I think sometimes there's some people are scared of that or like, what's going on. Talk about how, how that's a pro for your program and how it uh, positively affects the guys and the, and the program as a whole. Yeah. Especially these last like couple of years with COVID and everybody having an extra year of eligibility, it's given the guys who are seniors in high school, the opportunity to still play athletics. Like I always tell guys, when I talk to them about the reserve team, listen, I know this is not what you want to hear. You want to play for reserve team in the junior college level. I understand that. But this is an opportunity for you to keep playing and then transfer to a four-year school, which we have, which we are going. That's the main goal of us is for guys to have really high grades and then even for them to transfer to NEIA's D2s. And that's the main thing for us. You know, it's we schedule games for them to play against uh, NEIA schools. We schedule games for them to play against other JUCOs who have reserve teams. If they get the same exposure, obviously to an extent, but we still want to move them on. They're just not guys we make money off of. You know, they're, they're kids we care about. You know, we have, you know, one to two coaches working with them and they train every day. You know, they have a weight, weight plan. 
they they kind of they they do the same thing as a first team does. And yeah, I can attest to that having to be an advisor for them. We got we get we we schedule around their practices. We schedule around their games. They got weights. They got study tables. They got to do all. They got to do it all. And I think for them, it's even we hot we hold a higher standard to them academically sometimes just because we want them to leave here with at least a three point five and higher so that they can get academic money. Because in, in reality, you know, they might not get athletic scholarship. They might more, get more money academically. So we make sure they're, you know, passing their classes and not just passing, but having good grades and great grades to be able to move on to future schools. Yeah, and I know as a, as a former college coach, I didn't have reserve squads in any of the schools that I coach at. And sometimes it was super, it was frustrating in the standpoint that I would have a roster of 26 but maybe I had six to eight to 10 people injured and all of a sudden I can't, you know, or I had six players injured. I couldn't play 11 v 11 at training. And, and now it's kind of nice with the reserve squad that if you do have some injuries or people out or, or you need to rest people, you could, you're able to mix and match and bring people in to help. Yeah. Like right now in the spring, we have three guys who were with the reserve team um, this last fall that are training with us. And there's kind of the opportunity to, you know, make a Put, a, put themselves in the first team uh, full time. So they've all three of them worked really hard and they've gotten the opportunities here. And uh, a lot of them actually at Iowa Western, we run uh, five fitness tests uh, and you have to pass four out of five to train. He today passed his fourth one. So he's definitely made uh, an impression on all of us. And it's with the facilities we have, with everything we have, it doesn't feel like they're nobody. They, you know, they're at still in a college environment, they're still living you know, the college life, the athletic life. And again, they're playing sports where they can just go to regular school, not play and just do school and maybe play Sunday league or play, you know, indoor league, but that's not always the same. So no. it's just playing against other college, college uh, players and then getting that exposure to hopefully be able to move them on and get them a good scholarship. Like you said, keep extending the career, keep giving them the opportunity. And I mean, that's almost, that's what any player who loves the game wants um speaking about opportunities you know a lot of times uh mainly because of probably the bigger you know like the bigger sports of basketball and football like we hear the ncaa 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 thrown around a lot you have extensive experience in the njcaa and the nai um, level at hastings college uh, talk about i think i think we think about uno and creighton great men's soccer programs very strong men's soccer programs especially this last year but i think hastings traditionally has been an incredible soccer program in the state. And then Iowa Western obviously has their own uh, tr tradition of uh, soccer. Talk about how those levels compare and what type of soccer people can watch and, and compete in, in those levels. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I'll start off at NIA just because I was an NIA player. Uh, fun fact, head coach Mike Brown went to Benedictine College, NIA. Assistant coach John Shad, NAI as well, been a big thing. So, you know, three coaches out of our five staffs, they played NAI. Um, and it just, I think it gets a bad rep just because, like you said, it's not NCAA, it's not the fancy, you know, NCAA, this and that. But you see teams, you go, you watch nationals, like those are good games. Like we, when I was at Hastings, it was competitive. You know, thankfully we were able to win uh, the conference because, you know, we had good, good, um, good players but you know my first year as a graduate assistant we were actually the first team not to win the regular season conference in 19 seasons so that was very difficult I'm not proud to say that but 
it just shows how NEI is really good. And I think NEI gets a bad rep because they think that's full of internationals, which it is. But you see the trend of NCAA Division One now. It's going towards there as well. A lot of internationals on rosters. Uh, Crane's Cal Watson. He played two years at Hastings College. I was able to coach him. And he's and an all region, all region play, all region or all American player at at Creighton. I think he was so something like that. All region, all region, something it. like that. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to get him too arrogant. You know, he's a little big headed already, so <laughs> he'll probably he'll probably laugh at that. But you know, we're good. We're good friends. We've stayed in touch. You know, with him being in Omaha, me and being Council Bluffs, yeah. we actually hung out last weekend. He just had surgery, so okay. wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah. But then you have uh, another player, Nicholas Pedini, who's at, out in Santa Clara, you know, Division One school. Yeah, I think if you play NIA, it doesn't mean you can't make a Division One. Obviously, it's complicated because you have to be eligible and this and that. But there's been a lot of schools who maybe if they can't get Jugo kids, they get NIA kids. So I think, especially in Nebraska, you have so many good educational good environment schools that have good soccer and NAIA that if you don't make it NCAA, you can go NAIA. You know, you have Hastings College was has great facilities, great history, uh, you know, a fun group. Uh, it's in the middle of Hastings, which is in a great city, but that makes it better because you have to hang out with soccer players. You have to hang yeah. out with people you, to get you, to know them. So you, you get close. And you do what you came to do. You, you, you go to Hastings to, be a good student, a good soccer player. Exactly. And then you have, you know, Midland Concordia. Uh, those are also good schools. And then you have in Division Three. you have Nebraska Wesleyan, who, you know, facility-wise, campus-wise, it's in a great spot. They're doing really good things, getting more local players, kind of like what we're doing. And then, you know, it's just, you, again, you're still playing sports while in, in college. I think a lot of people maybe – who didn't play college athletics might regret that. And so they have a lot of opportunities. Is it hard? Is it easy? No, but you know, once you go through that and you kind of live this college athletic life, once you leave it, it's hard. That's kind of why I stayed in coaching. Like, you know, it's, I I knew I was going to miss it. So I was lucky enough to get my first break at Hastings college. And I've somehow ended up here at Iowa Western, you know, one of the top schools, I guess, if you want to say top, yeah, you are the top country. now. You get to say the top. You're the national champion. Yeah, but you know, we, so so far, so far, but you know, it's I made it here just by working, working my butt off, meeting the right people, and it's it's been a great, great ride. I mean, it was crazy. Two years ago, the day of the final, two years ago before that was the first time I met Mike, Coach Mike Brown, because um, I was recruiting down there for Hastings and. You know, just ask him about about some players, and that was the first time I met him. Then two years later, I'm working for him. So I would never would have guessed that would have happened. But that was actually one. He remembered me from that moment. And he said that he really liked that because it was right after one of his games. Um, and he, if you don't know Mike Brown, after games he's kind of already thinking about the next one. So uh, he just said he appreciated that because I didn't shy away from you know being at an NAI school and asking about players because that's kind of how what he did when he would go to MLS showcases early when he was a assistant at Iowa Western and when Juco wasn't as big as it is now. Yeah. And I think you brought up an interesting point like a little bit ago where they say NAI is full of internationals and like American college soccer is full of internationals. But like my response to that is, and I used to have a little bit of that thought, but then when I started recruiting players to when I was coaching at Wayne state in Wayne, Nebraska, um, 
you know, and, and then I coach, I recruited players to North Dakota. International players, the reason international players are they're they're talented, but they're also willing to go places. They don't turn exactly. their nose, they don't turn their nose up at opportunities. They don't go, oh, Hastings, oh, Wayne, oh, you know, Mitchell, South Dakota, oh, Bismarck, mm-hmm. North Dakota. They they're like, you're gonna give me an opportunity to play soccer and you might give me a little bit of scholarship money. Cool. I'm in. I get to do this. And I think that, that if if we had more um American players in our country who had that, who had that mentality, we would see it, we would see the trend be a little it would be more competitive as far as that trend goes. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's hundred percent. I, I think a lot of people, if they they don't know this until they speak to people from Europe and from international countries, is that they can't play like college athletics and be in school at the same time it's not a thing you can play you can play at like you can play and study but it's more like club level of like it does not that serious you don't get scholarships for it you just play club level and study but here is like the only country where you can get school covered to play athletics and be in college at the same time so listen i'm not gonna sit here and be like we're not in a great location because i think we are one of the very few your colleges that are in like the best location on the map you have omaha 15 minutes away and there's some junior colleges that are in towns of like 2500 people like i'm not we're not i'm not dumb to say that we're our location helps a lot but i can guarantee you when this school first opened it wasn't that wasn't the idea of it it was just a good location with some open property and they kind of made it out something out of out of nothing Ooh. Well, and, and Iowa Western does not feel like a two-year school when you're on campus. No, it, it, it feels it feels like a four-year school. It feels like a legit four-year school. So um, kind of going back more to the team, who are some of you, you kind of talked a little bit about that you have some local players and start getting more into the local Omaha market. Uh, who are some who are some of the local players that recently that have been kind of kind of solid for you like nebraska or i even not let's like we can dip into iowa like nebraska and iowa players who have been impact players or who could be impact players in the future for you you know I, obviously i think everybody knows blue kinetic you know uh says he's omaha but i know he lives in lincoln so <laughs> I, i'll let him i'll let him decide where he's from you know graduate omaha south kid uh he all-american iccac player of the year so so good he's a really good player a really good person and he just was the playmaker for us as a holding mid, which a lot of people may think holding mid simple, but he made it simple, uh, he's, but he's, made stuff he's, out of it. He was special for you guys. Uh, he's fun to watch. He, he, he's awesome. And he's just a great, great person. Um, then you had Alvaro Jacinto, who, yes, he went to Shattuck, but he's Omaha South kid. You know, he, and he claims, he claims Omaha. Like, he claims Omaha. <laughs> he, his house is like two minutes from Omaha South field. So he, he impressed all of us because of how mature of a player he is. You know, and I think that speaks volume of his family and just how they've, he has two older brothers that all played college athletics. So they were able to ground him and, you know, he, he's got a lot of talent. I expect big things out of him in the spring and the fall. Yeah. Everybody knows who Wawa Paul is and he, you know, kind of slid on the rug. We got him and he just made a lot, you know, made some noise and has just has grown as a player. Again, another guy who, who surprised us um, just how focused he is. And, you know, he's a fun guy to be around. So, but when it comes to soccer, he focused, he works hard, you know, Junior Casillas, everyone's seen his goal, the bike he scored. Oh yeah. Uh, that went, yeah, that went viral a little bit. 
I don't think he, he meant it, but, you know, again, we'll keep him <laughs> a little humble. Uh, but another kid who I think surprised was the biggest surprise just because, you know, he was coming – we watched him at State. He was coming back from a knee, knee surgery and meniscus yeah. injury. So, you know, we weren't sure how his body was going to hold up, and it did really well, and he's just surprised us all. And then, you know, we have a couple – we have Oliver Benson committed, uh, Bennington kid who we're yep. very excited about, you know, sporting kid. So we're excited for him uh, to get him um, on the team. I know we've kind of built a good relationship with him. And then Will Devine, Council Bluffs kid, you know, Lewis Central High School, uh, sporting kid, kid who's been to our camps when he was like 10, 11, 12. You know, he's just built, he's gotten better and he's, you know, committed and he's excited to be here. It's just, that's, that's the kind of kids that, you know, we like to bring in is just kids who are local because we're are we still going to recruit internationals. Yes, but we don't want to go full international because there is talent in Nebraska. There is talent. Iowa uses, you just have to find it and you just have to grow it and you have to be patient with it. You know, and that's just Absolutely. kind of, that's what we do. Um, the way we recruit, I don't know how many schools recruit how the way we do and it's a lot of work, but obviously it shows that you get the results. Yeah. You're, you're, the staff is always grinding and finding, finding guys and taking guys on it and obviously coaching them up. I think there's like, you have four staff members or something like that. Yeah. Um, who, uh, talk about some of the, maybe the other players that have been standout players, uh, for you this last season, or maybe players to watch that'll be coming back that aren't from the Omaha area. Cause I mean, here's the thing it's for those who don't know it, you can just come over to council bluffs and you can just go to Iowa Western games. You, you, you don't pay yeah anything. they're free <laughs> they're free yeah they're free <laughs> so uh yeah i think jesus de vicente our left back he was a division one uh transfer i think he had a really really solid season and i think he's gonna have an even better season um we've already worked on a couple stuff with him uh oscar grevin uh german holding mid i think he's really good ended up being big for us in the national tournament because Luca was fighting a, a little back injury so we wanted to keep him obviously healthy as much as we could so he played some big minutes and big games and uh, well, I think again, Wawa, Alvaro, local guys, you know, I we all expect them to take a step forward. And then we have a couple freshmen that we still need to see a little bit that came in the spring, um, but hopefully they can make a step forward. You know, I think we also have Eduardo Deguilosenti, who is, you know, Georgia Provo, our uh, past captain, put it best. He is an artist. You just kind of have to, he's a character. You have to kind of let him, let him be who he is. And he's a very, Everyone loves him. Everyone just thinks he's a great time. So you just kind of have to let him be. And I don't think if you know, if you really don't know soccer, you won't appreciate the things he does because the stuff he does, you can't coach. It's just him playing freely. You know, he was a national team kid, um, gave up soccer because he uh, couldn't follow the strict rules of it. So it was just kind of him. And he just says he came here, he could play and he's happy. So those are a couple of guys. And then, you know, a couple of our guys are coming, coming up and getting better, which is the main thing. You know, we always bring a competitive squad so everybody can get better and get ready for the next level. So two final questions, one related to the team and then one related to something that's upcoming. The first one related to the team. What's it like coaching that many guys from that many different backgrounds? Like it's, it, it's crazy to advise them, like to work with them, like as student yeah, athletes, but right. like, I can't imagine having them all in one group at one time. The, what makes us different is how we have, you know, it's going to sound very American football, but we have position coaches. So I'm the forwards coach. You know, we have coach Trevor Ward, midfielders coach, coach John Shad defend uh, the backs. And then Kevin Laban, 
um, a goalkeeper coach. That's how we're able to manage everybody. Um, you know, cause we have, we're basically head coaches of our position. That's how we get experience as a head coach. We basically run that position, how we would as a head coach. So being able to do that. And on top of that, the structure we put on guys is like they're in the professional environment the academy environment, you know, it's, everything's very much planned for them so that they don't have to just sit around and do nothing. They're, they stay pretty busy and they're usually around each other a lot, especially with our housing system. We have them all on the same floor. So they see everybody every day, <laughs> uh, which can get exhausting, but that's just how you build trust, build commodity. And just, you know, you build the closeness that closeness that brought us to two national finals this last year. It, talk about talk about what could be a fun time though. Like imagine getting to do that, just live on the same floor with all your teammates and things like that's something that that's something that if you talk to like a, a high school player about, like when I was in high school, if you got to tell me that I would have gotten to like live on the same floor as all my teammates and hang out with them all the time, for the most part, I'd be pretty happy. No, and we've we've had players who moved on who you know obviously Division One schools, you know it's more loose. You can can go to an apartment or stay on campus, but not everybody in the same place. They're like. I don't see anybody until I go to training, which yeah. is completely different than when they're here. So they miss connecting with so many people. And that brings, you know, the, the country aspect of everybody's from a different country, but at training, we have a rule English only. If you get caught speaking your language, it's five, 10 pushups, depending how angry a coach Mike is. Um, so it's, <laughs> you're forced, you're forced to work on English and you're forced to, so that everybody knows exactly what you're saying. They don't think, you know, you know how it is. People yeah. your language, you don't know what, what they're saying. You get uncomfortable. So, you know, you have a French Canadian kid speaking Japanese. You have a Japanese guy speaking German. You know, they just try to learn little things and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, not always, obviously the best, but they just get to know each other and they build bonds with with each other because i went to junior college as well and i've created some of the strongest friendships from there and it's, it was one of the best things for me and then you go you know to a nei in the Hastings, nebraska which is twenty five thousand people and i have two former teammates and a player i coach who are going to be in my wedding you know that's just the bond you build with and the funny thing is when i'm francisco revelo I hosted him for his visit my senior year. He committed, and I ended up staying as a player, as a coach. And I was there when he played his last game of senior. So that was cool. That's just a cool thing that happens. And now he's going to be my wedding just because we've gotten close from that. And just let's say I know it's very scary going to a team with so many players from different countries, but you have to have the right culture for it to work. And we have, we think we have a right culture. We, we establish that we make sure we have the right culture. If we don't have it right, we fix it. However, however we can. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love working with your guys at iOS and they're always respectful. They're fun. They, they get things done when you ask them to do them. So they, they get, they get it done on off the field too, in the classroom. So the last thing you're coming up on a, a on an ID camp, but the one thing I was wanting to talk about more is the, the team camps you're offering, which is kind of, I like yeah. it. I think it's a cool opportunity for some of these high schools and some of these players to get a, a, a really good local college staff that coaches at a national championship college in on their high school training session. So, so how, how are those working and, and how are you hoping to use those as a, as a program? So what these things, what these, we call them preseason camps are for 
for high schools is that we go, we either go to your high school or we host it at our incredible wellness center that we shouldn't have yeah. as a junior college, but we yeah. do. But you have an indoor turf, so we can use it any anytime. Obviously, when it's open, because you know spring sports have a have a little bit more favorable right. in the season. But we can do either go to your your guys's place or we host it on campus and we just run your team through a training session. And you can say, do whatever you want with them. You can say, I want to work on this specifically. And we do the drills. You come, you can take notes. Some some schools use it as their kind of tryout, early tryouts, where they see if the players are good or not, good or not, you know, kind of start making their decision on JV and varsity. So it's it's a cool opportunity for us to, again, obviously recruit local players, but also get out in the community and connect more. Um, that's definitely something we've worked on the last couple of years is, going out more and seeing a lot of club games seeing a lot of high school games um so it's very simple sign up process you know you email you can email anybody on the staff um our emails on around goreverse.com you just look up mentalk and the staff you can email us a couple dates and then we can try to make it work you know right now we only have three high school signed up so we have we're pretty flexible on dates um and then it's usually i think i believe you can do three or four sessions it's depending on how long you want to do um, and then we just go and train your guys, basically more rerun sessions. And then, you know, if you want to talk after, and you know, ask questions, we were there, were there to help. So it helps us to keep improving, staying sharp with our sessions, but it also, again, connects us to the community and being able to go out and watch games. You know, this, this past fall, if I wasn't at training or my own club games, I was at other club games watching players play. And in the spring, I'll do the same thing. Go watch high school games. I love I love state. Last year was my first time at state. Dude, state soccer is the best. <laughs> it was it was amazing. The environment, it was incredible. Um, the final, obviously. Yeah, the final. So many are, people yeah. for high school game was incredible for Class A and even Class B. I thought Class B had the same, a really electric crowd. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a had a great, great time at both those finals. So, like, I'll be at State all week. Um, obviously, hopefully, Coach Mike lets me. He did last year, so I'll <laughs> try to talk to him and talk into him um, to let me do it again. But we're, we're out there. We're looking for players. So it's for sure an opportunity for guys to keep playing. There's opportunities here. And one day I can go out and watch the game and be like, you're interesting. And – and then I will keep coming back, watching you train and stuff like that. Because we we're also going to attend more train club training sessions, high school training sessions, because we like to see the guys train. That's kind of see their training habits. And we we do a really deep dive in each player. We don't just take a player to take them. We get to know them as a person. We get to see how they're training, their mentality and stuff like that, because that's really important for us because we have a good thing going and we don't want to bring, you know, a bad, a bad egg into it. Um, so we want to yeah. make sure we bring in the right people for the right environments and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, uh, we'll have make sure that in the podcast notes that we'll include uh, the contact information on how to uh, connect for those camps so that uh, the coaches and players who are listening. So if you're a player and listen to this, tell your coach, you want to do this. If you're a coach, listen to this. I can tell you, this is a great opportunity um, that, you know, there's not many teams that get this opportunity, not just in the state of Nebraska. Like if you live close, it's like, this isn't a thing that happens in the region. So um, Caesar, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk about Iowa Western, talk about junior college and then AI soccer. Obviously I'll be seeing you around maybe tomorrow and obviously throughout the, the semester. So uh, thanks again and good luck with the spring season. Thank you, Joe. And, uh, you know, I'll probably, yeah, we'll definitely see each other. Hopefully for good things. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's usually for good things. Yeah. Thank you so much.
Thank you to Coach Cesar Herrera for joining me on this week's podcast. We will be staying on the boys' side of the game for next week's episode as I bring on one of the more talented attacking players in the state. Stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening, and remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. If you are able to, please consider supporting Nebraska Soccer Talk by becoming a patron. You can learn more by visiting www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk.